If you would take your Bibles to John chapter 5, John chapter 5, you know, there are a lot of questions in our world today. And often we hear people say that they're pondering life's deepest or most important questions. For some, they ask, what is the meaning of life? And for others, they want to know where everything came from or how everything works. For, for many in our world today, they simply ask the question, what does it mean to be a woman? Or what does it mean to, to be a man? We live in a very confused world, in a very confused society. And people all over the place are asking all kinds of questions. Who can lead us um, politically? Who, who can help us um, overcome the, the issues that we're facing in our society, whether it's inflation or crime or all that is going on today? And, and maybe you're asking yourself some of those some of those same questions, and some of those questions need to be asked, and we need to figure out those answers. But I want to submit to you today that the most important question that will ever be asked, that you will have to come to answer in your own life, is who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Father, we thank you, Lord, for the wonderful privilege to be in church today. Thank you for the, the, the amazing truths that we sang about and about your salvation through Jesus Christ. But Lord, today as we look at John chapter 5 and we look at the words of our Savior, Lord, may we, Lord, ask and answer that question. Who is Jesus? In his name we pray. Amen. God had promised all throughout the Old Testament, that he would send a Messiah. He would send a Savior. He promised that he would come in due time. He promised that he would be born in Bethlehem, that he would be virgin-born, that he would come in the line of David. On and on throughout the Old Testament scriptures, God points us to this Messiah. One of the beautiful aspects of the Old Testament is that they over and over point us to Christ. Why should we read the Bible? Why should we study the Old Testament? Because they point us to Christ. So with Jesus coming and claiming then to be this Messiah over of the Old Testament, we have to consider, is this true? And so I want us to look at that question this morning. Who is Jesus? Look with me at John chapter 5, verse 31. Jesus is speaking here, and he says, If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another that beareth witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesseth of me is true. True. The first thing I want to bring to your attention, and really as a way of reminder and maybe introduction for those that are visiting with us today, is that Jesus himself declares his identity. Here in John chapter 5, Jesus heals this, this man that was um, lame for some 38 years, and um, he then instructs him to carry his bed on the Sabbath day. And, and because this man was walking with his bed on the Sabbath day, this had broken the quote-unquote Sabbath of the Pharisees, and they begin to get upset with Jesus. And so they basically ask him, as we go through this chapter, they basically ask him this question, who do you think you are? Can I tell you this morning, there's no right answer for that question. 
Who do you think you are? I've found that out to be true in my life. There's been times in my life when I've gotten in trouble. Maybe I've done something wrong. I said something stupid. And my mom would look at me and say, who do you think you are? There's no right answer to that question. <laughs> I remember early on in life, she asked me that question. And I said, well, I'm nobody. And she looked at me and said, don't ever say that about yourself. You're not nobody. You're somebody. You're Daniel Stevens. And I never want to hear you say that again. Some time goes by, probably a few hours, as much trouble I got into. Maybe some days or weeks went by, and she looked at me again in some similar situation and said, who do you think you are? And what do you think my answer was? I said, well, I'm Daniel Stevens. And she looked at me and said, don't get smart with me, young man. <laughs> there is never a right answer for that question. And they asked Jesus basically this idea, who do you think you are? They didn't want, they didn't want an answer to that question. But the truth is, Jesus knew who he was. And so in verses that we've looked at over the last several weeks, he lays it out for them. He claims to be the, the Son of God, one sent by the Father. He claims to be the source of life, both physical and spiritual. He claims to be the judge of the world and tells them that one day everybody will stand before him and he will judge them because judgment has been given to him by the Father. He claims to be the one that has resurrection power. And in just a few chapters, he's going to show them his power and ability to raise the dead. But ultimately, there's coming a day when all will be raised and all will stand before them to be judged. You see, Jesus knew who he was, but he also knew that we see here in verses 31 and 32, they would not take his word for it. Now, in verse 31, Jesus is not saying that his testimony is false. But he says to them, I know you would not believe it. If you read over in John chapter 8, Jesus has a similar comment, but he says this time, though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know whence I came and whither I go, but ye cannot tell whence I come and whither I go. Jesus is telling them here, and he's basically bringing up um, this legal matter. And that's what's happening here in John chapter 5. Anyone could claim something about themselves. But the question is, what they're claiming, is it true? We all say things about ourselves that often aren't true. Sometimes we look in the mirror and say, wow, you're pretty good looking. And a lot of times we hear people say things like, man, I, I, am, I am the greatest and we have a high self-esteem, and we say things about ourselves, and oftentimes we hear people say things about themselves, and we look at them and say, yeah, you're fooling yourself, because that is not, that is not reality. But in the Bible tells us, according to Jewish law, that it has to be proved by two or three witnesses. Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 15, at the mouth of two witnesses, or at the mouth of three witnesses, shall the matter be established. And the reality is, is people are sinful. People lie oftentimes, especially when it comes to about themselves. And so there, somebody must corroborate, and not just somebody, but must have two or three people to corroborate their story. And, but Jesus also knew their heart, and he knew that their eyes were blinded. And so now he's going to establish uh, who he is, and he's going to lay out the proof. Jesus says that in verse 32 that there's another that bears witness. He's not talking about these earthly witnesses yet that we'll come to in just a moment, but he's talking about God. We'll come back to that here in these verses. But Jesus says he knows 
that word refer there in verse 32, he, he knows. He has this inward and instinctive knowledge that, that is causing him to speak out boldly. You know, it's interesting. When, when we think we know, isn't it amazing how confident we are? You know, you've been in a situation where you, you, you ask a group a question and somebody just shouts out the answer because they're so confident and then it's wrong. And that's probably you, that's probably happened to you, right? It's happened to me in my life. I, I thought I knew, I knew the, and so you shout out and, and, and then it's wrong. But Jesus was so confident in who he is, so confident in the truth. Many times we don't speak because lack of confidence. You know, I said Jesus knows who he is. As a believer in Jesus Christ, one that studies the Bible and, and learns who we are in Christ, we should so boldly know who we are in Jesus Christ and be willing to share that with those around us. That's a whole other sermon, but I just wanted to throw that out there. Christ is so confident in who he is, he's willing to boldly speak out. So Jesus declares his identity and who he is. That brings us to number two then in verses 33 through 39. We see the witnesses. Jesus is going to lay out the witnesses that prove, that can, that can corroborate um, what he is saying about himself. Verse 33, ye sent unto John, speaking of John the Baptist, and he bare witness unto the truth, but I received not testimony from man. But these things I say that ye might be saved. The first witness is John the Baptist. As we study scripture, we see that John is the forerunner of, of Jesus. His ministry is to point people to Christ. And this is what he reiterated. If you remember back just a few chapters when his followers were upset, when his followers were upset about the ministry of Jesus, John says, wait a minute. Don't you realize why I'm here? I'm not here to be the Messiah. I've come to point you to the Messiah. Jesus says here in, in John chapter 5 that John is a, a burning light in verse 35 and a shining light and ye were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. You know, no doubt, Don, John had some prestige. He, he had some ability. He had some opportunity to, to be the light for the Messiah. Isn't it interesting when we agree with people or maybe when we're intrigued by people, we're willing to listen to them? We're willing to listen to them. And so the people there, even the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they're listening to the ministry of John. John probably told them, I'm the forerunner of the Messiah. The Messiah is going to come. But then they didn't like the ultimate teaching of, of John. And so Jesus says, for a while you were willing to listen to him, but when the truth came forth and you didn't like the truth, when the truth came forth and you didn't like the truth, then you turned your back even on John. Can I submit to you, that's the world that we live in today. A lot of people want to go to church. That's why we have so many churches in our world today. That's why we have so many different churches in our world today. Because people want to go to church, but they want the church that they want. They want the church that, that meets their needs physically, that, that makes them feel good about themselves. And, and, and listen, that's why there's so many false teachers out there and false prophets and, and, and that, are, that are making countless millions because people are looking for something, but they want it to be what they want it to be. They don't want the truth. 
They don't want the message that they're sinful and that they need, that they need a Savior. They, they want to come in and, and, and be told that they're great and, and, and listen, help them with their self-esteem and, and lift them up and encourage them and, and give them a good story and, and send them on their way. Most people don't want to be changed. They don't want to be accountable to God. They don't want the truth of the gospel. And so when John comes to them and says, listen, this Lamb of God came to take away the sins of the world, what does that mean? That means you're a sinner. Well, wait a minute. You're telling me the Messiah is going to come. I want to hear that message because I want the Messiah to come. But now you're telling me that, uh, that I'm a sinner. You're, you're, you're crazy. You must be crazy. And what happens so often is we, we come to, to church and we come to uh, God and we want what we want. But when it, when it begins to step on our toes and makes us really contemplate our sinfulness and, and our life, and then just, well, we'll go to the next church. We'll, we'll, go to, we'll find somebody else that'll make us feel good about ourselves. That's how the world operates today. And he says, you were willing to listen for a while. Well, why did they stop? Was it because he dressed crazy because he ate bugs or hung out in the wilderness? No, it was because he now confronted them. So Jesus says, you've been willing to listen to John for a while, but now you don't listen to him. John was a witness for Jesus. Number two, then, in verse 36, we see the witness of Jesus' works. But I have greater witness, he says, than that of John. I have a greater witness than John. For the works which the Father hath given me to finish, the same works that I do bear witness of me, that the Father hath sent me. He's speaking primarily about the healing that just happened. But they would have heard and they would have seen other miracles that, that he had done. We saw in uh, chapter, the chapters previous, the nobleman who came to Jesus, he obviously heard about Christ. He obviously believed that Jesus could heal his son. And so the, the, the news about this Jesus was going throughout the, throughout the land. And so they knew and they heard and many of them had the opportunity to, to see Jesus heal people. They, they saw the works of the Messiah. But you know, Jesus, he did simple acts of compassion and mercy. But they wanted to see the big in the grand. They wanted them, they wanted a mighty ruler to d deliver them politically from the government's oppression. And because Jesus' miracles didn't fit what they thought the Messiah should do, they didn't receive him. Number three, then, as far as these witnesses go, he, we have the, the witness of the Spirit. Verse 37, and the Father himself, which hath sent me, hath borne witness of me. Ye have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape, and ye have not his word abiding in you, for whom he hath sent him ye believe not. We have the witness of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit has uh, worked really in the world throughout history. One way that he is working uh, today is through conviction. He convicts us of sin, and he's this internal witness to, to Christ. And he, he says that the Spirit is using the Word of God and instructing you and teaching you, but yet you're fighting and you're denying that. Listen, you, you will not believe the Holy Spirit that God has sent to convict you of your sin and to show you who I am because you're so sinful and so prideful in your own life and you think that you have all the answers and God has is, is sent His Spirit to help you and yet you're not listening. And then number four, the witness of the Scriptures. 
He says in verse 39, Search the Scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they, excuse me, they are they which testify of me. This would be a huge witness for these people. This really would be the foundation for Christ's whole uh, argument here of who he is. He says, search the scriptures. These are the ones that are testifying of me. Because these are people that flaunt their knowledge of the scriptures. They are students of the scriptures. They claim to love the scriptures. And they're a major part of the lives of these people that Christ is talking to. They study them, memorize them, but yet they miss the point. The point is Christ. They read them, more in line to support their positions as opposed to knowing God. He says, these testify of me. Go back to the Old Testament and you'll see the person of Christ. Go back to the Old Testament and it'll testify of my birth. It'll testify of my life. It'll testify of my death that will come. And they missed it. They missed it all. We say that we love the Bible, but oftentimes we go to the Bible and we twist the Bible. Right now I'm teaching a class online at a college called Advanced Hermeneutics, and hermeneutics is the, the interpretation of, of Scripture. You know, most people, they do not do what we call exegesis, take out of the Bible what it says. They do what we call eisegesis. They put into the Bible what they want it to say. And that's what they were doing in the Old Testament. That's what these Pharisees were doing. They were reading into the Scriptures what they wanted it to say. And that's really the whole agenda of John chapter 5. The Sabbath day was made by God, and they distorted it and made it something that God did not make it. And so now they're charging Christ with breaking the Sabbath day. And he says, listen, I'm the God that created the Sabbath day, the true Sabbath. He says, I am God and the flesh. And here is my testimony. Now, if you have two or three witnesses, according to Jewish law, you should believe it. Well, we want witnesses. Well, then you get the witnesses, and the witnesses say what you don't want to hear. Well, we don't believe those people. Let's find other witnesses. And it's, it's easy to do. We can always find somebody to agree with us. Listen, if you want to have a, a false teaching and a weird view on Scripture and what God is saying, there's somebody out there that probably already has that view, and you can go out there and find them to agree with you. But if we're really going to be honest and approach the Scripture, Jesus is telling them, you're going to see me. You're going to see me if you come to the Scriptures and study them and really want to know what God is saying, and if you really want to know who I am. And so then it brings us to our third and final point. After Jesus lays out these witnesses, where our attention's brought then to the rejection. To the rejection of these witnesses, to the rejection of Jesus. Look at verse 40. Ye will not come to me that ye might have life. I receive not honor from men, but I know you that ye have not the love of God in you. I am come in my Father's name, and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him will ye receive. They choose, notice there, they choose to not accept Christ. He says, you will not receive me. Therefore, that means they do not have life. The Bible is very clear. If you have the Son, you have life. If you have not the Son, then you don't have 
life. And despite the preaching, despite the miracles, despite the witnesses that he's laid out, they are choosing now in the hardness of their heart not to receive Christ. They did not honor Christ as the Messiah. They did not honor him as the Son of God. And he goes on to tell them why. You know why you're not receiving me? Because you truly don't love God. You say you love God, but really what you love are your religious ways. They loved the honor that they got from men for being in the position. Remember, these are spiritual leaders of their day. These are people of the Sanhedrin. These are the Pharisees, those that were looked up to and, and, and even preached and held people accountable. And, and they loved the attention and the honor that they got. And, they, and Jesus is telling them, you don't love God. God's ways was not their way. Christ came by the will of the Father and in the name of the Father, and, and this was God's plan. And he says, you rejected it. You, you say you want God and you love him and you want his ways, but you're rejecting the Father. And then he goes on, and I love this next part. You know, if somebody comes that's flashier, if somebody comes that's a better orator, if somebody comes that you think is better, if somebody comes to offer and says they're the Messiah that you want them to be, then you would receive them. That's why there's coming a day, the Bible tells us as we go through Scripture, that there's going to be an antichrist. And the world's going to receive them. Because he's going to come and give them, supposedly give them, what they want. And he's going to fit their bill. He is going to fit into their mold of what the Messiah should be. And really, their pride gets the best of them. And he, they, want to on, they want the honor of men and the power of this world. But he goes on to say in verse 44, How can ye believe which ye receive honor one of another, and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? Do not think then that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom ye trust. For had ye believed Moses, ye would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But if, I believe not his, if ye believe not his writings, how shall ye believe my words? I, I don't want you to miss this. Jesus basically tells them, I did not come into this world to condemn the world. I did not come to condemn you, and I will not be the one that condemns you. I came to give life, and to give life eternal. But he says, you will be condemned by the law of Moses. You will be condemned by the writings that you say you know, by the writings that you say you love, by the writings that you say you live by. The very religion that you're holding on to is the very thing that will condemn you. You know, the same is true for us today. You can be here today and, you know, say you're a Baptist you can say you're a Catholic. You can say you're an atheist. You can say you're a Mormon. You can say you're a Buddhist. It doesn't matter what we say about ourselves. Do we know Jesus Christ as our Savior? Really, the question is, what do you believe concerning Jesus? He is the Son of God that came to take away the sins of the world. He died a substitutionary death on our behalf. He rose again the third day. If we repent and turn from our sin and accept Christ through faith, he will give us eternal life. That is the truth about Christ. That is who he is. 
he lays out the witnesses for him, and then tragically, he looks at these people and says, listen, I've, I've told you the truth. I show you from God's word, and yet you're choosing not to receive me. You know, people have sat in churches just like this, service after service, year after year, preaching, hearing the preaching, hearing the gospel. You have family members that have shared with you the gospel of Jesus Christ, and yet you've chosen, you've chosen not to believe. Well, I'm going to work my way to get to heaven. I, I'm good enough because I go to this church or that church, and I'm part of this religion or that religion. Hey, listen, I'm okay. My good works are going to outweigh my bad works. Don't worry about me. None of that matters when we stand before God and we're judged based on whether we have accepted Jesus Christ or whether we've rejected Jesus Christ. You see, the problem in John chapter 5 is they have Jesus right there and they've chosen to reject him. See, Jesus knew who he was. He says, I'm the son of God. I'm the Lamb of God that's come to take away the sins of the world. I've come not to condemn you, but to give you life. To give you a relationship with my Father and to, to give you eternal life. That's who I am. And that's the same message that is before us today. And so the question is, will we be like the Pharisees and choose to reject Christ as the Son of God, as the Messiah, as the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, or will we receive Christ? I don't know what questions you're pondering today. How am I going to feed my kids? Where am I going to get my next tank of gas? How am I going to deal with this issue or that issue? How am I going to maybe deal with this health issue I have? Many of these are important questions. And we have to come up with answers. I understand that. And we'll spend a lot of time and energy in our life dealing with those questions. But I want you to understand, there's no greater question that is before us that we must come to a conclusion biblically than the question of who is Jesus. He's the Son of God that died for your sins and is offering you the gift of salvation.